From Koningstein Road in the east to Cetus Gap in the west, an orange curtain has descended across the Ojai Valley. This is Ojai Talk of the Town. Hey everyone, Brett Bradigan, editor of your Ojai Magazines, the monthly and quarterly. Our guests, Heather Stobo and Lisa Cassoni from Beto Chocolates, are returning. When we first spoke, they were putting up a the very first post-pandemic show at Porch Gallery. At that time, they were already contemplating a move into chocolatiering and have successfully completed that. So we have a lot to discuss about art in Ojai, making connections, what's going to happen in the future, how Ojai's artistic scene might look in a few years. In any event, anybody who loves this community is going to love this conversation. Hey Heather, hey Lisa. Hello. Morning Brett. We're just talking about uh, our favorite Ojai little secrets. And uh, Sunset Magazine, uh, let your secret out of the bag, is that correct? (laughs) Well, yeah, I think what I liked about it was it wasn't the same questions all the time that some uh, writers just rehashed the same things over and over again. So this was a little more interesting to us because they didn't just ask us about some of our favorite places, including restaurants, but what we liked about when we got there. Like, for Mm -hmm. example, if you go to Nociola and sit at the bar, Kat is a great mixologist, but she also makes great N.A. cocktails because I'm I'm sober, so I'm sobering. So that was, to me, the fact that she took the time to really look into how to make a great N.A. drink. And um, and then Sanders, uh, who's right below us, um, who were good. Sanders and Sons Gelato. Yes. Shop. Yeah. And he got into the N.A. craze, too. So he he's going to, um, well, he has uh, in his in his gelato shop lots of N.A. cocktails that or drinks that we, um, I've done some research on, and I think he picked some great selections. So that's sort of a, a thing that I'm noticing a lot. Um, I was somewhere yesterday with Heather in Carpinteria, and it's a, a restaurant we really like, and they made a great N.A. drink uh, mm. for lunch. Yeah, so. they're all over the place now. Yeah. There's, a, yeah. there's a batch of botanical type non spirit non spirits that are out there i don't remember the brand names but you can get a, a passable whiskey uh the gins are really quite excellent they're spot on you really couldn't tell the difference except that you don't get drunk yeah. <laughs> well there's a the woman from the duchess is launching a new line the, oh, she has the namari yes the namari. it's a beautiful drink but yeah. we're also going to talk about roti your favorite seat yeah. there Mmm, roti. Pink, pink moment so, watching. Yeah, yeah pink so, moment watching. It, so that's such a sweet little spot, and it's been so many things over the years. But when you go there, I mean, a lot of people just sort of wander around, and there's not really any indoor seating. But outside, the, if you sit up against the wall, you actually can see the pink moment. And that's really beautiful to be able to watch that. Sit on the wall facing west. Yeah, exactly. Yes. The bluffs are right in front of you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, so that was really fun to think about those things. And then we have these other folks that we know that um, they do these dist- distillation classes out on the East End um, by the Thatcher School. and they like, um, um, what do you call those, uh, essential oils? Yes, yes. So you learn how to make them, and then you get 
you get a sample when you leave, as, and as, along with so many other little things they give you. It's Gara Skin Care that does yeah, it. It's but Gar- it's especially special during Pixie Month because of oh, yeah, they do the April. yeah they do a pixie kind of distillation, and it's uh, but the flowers, the blossoms. Oh, really? Not. Oh my flowers. God, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's like you know, it smells so good out there in April anyway. Oh I mean, my God, is Ohio the best smelling place you've ever lived? I well, I'm from Baltimore, so definitely. <laughs> 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 that's it's my favorite time of year here is when um is the april may when all the pixies and i love that it wafts into town like mm. you don't even have to live on the east end you can nope. still smell it um if you're yeah. walking around and paying attention it's quite extraordinary and also on a warm day the sage comes up off in the afternoon oh. comes off the hills and wafts down that wonderful earthy sage smell that just makes you feel like a Louis L'Amour novel or something. Yeah, we just increased property values by $100,000 with this talk. This conversation. <laughs> All right, let's keep it going. And we're actually working on a Black Sage um, chocolate bar uh, as, a, as a collaboration with hmm. Gara, so that's been fun. And to, that's, that's counterintuitive for a chocolate flavor. Yeah, I have to say, we were kind of struck by it too, but um, Paul, who is one of the co-founders of Gara, um, kept pushing it on us. And, um, Black and, Sage. Yeah, so we tried it, and it was actually really interesting. And Doesn't so, it have like a kind of eucalyptus oil? A little minty kind of. More it, minty. Than yeah, it's, but it's interesting, especially with the milk chocolate. It actually is one of those flavors where it's shockingly good. Yeah, like peanut butter and chocolate back in the old days. Remember those commercials? Yeah. Where, mm, yeah. yeah. I still love that combo. It's my favorite combination. <laughs> Anything with peanut butter, peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, it's hard to miss. <laughs> well, the other thing, um, yeah. Any other little favorite little little tips? Because I was going to say this this book cart right down below us. I get such a charge out of that. I don't know if you've ever frequented that little library cart. There was someone down there when we walked up, <laughs> looking through the books, browsing through. Yeah, yeah. the uh, used bookstore at the library will cycle boxes of stuff through there and I've got like I don't know how many books I haven't read 20 or 30 that I've I've gotten I should you know you're supposed to read them and then put them back but are you hoarding I feel like I'm starting to now (laughs) my intentions are much better than my action yeah but that's a fun thing because you never know what you're going to find down there I've gotten some really amazing finds I love that yeah that's why I love Bart's Um, same thing I found things there over the years and gotten yeah. as, as gifts. And I just love what Bart's is doing these days, too. I mean, they, they we've been to a couple of book signings lately. Oh, did you really go to interesting. The poet Laureate signing? No, we didn't. California po- Poet Laureate. Oh, no. We missed we that missed one. Out. Yeah. I didn't go either, but I heard it was really amazing. This He grew up in Fresno, so he's like very much of the earth, you know, that kind of William Saroyan feel. Nice. And he's Cambodian. So he's got the whole cultural currents going on, too. Interesting juxtaposition. Really fascinating. I'm sorry I missed it. Yeah, they do some great programming. Yeah. That's my buddy Jim's daughter, Emma, that's been doing a lot. Oh, yeah, of course. Very cool. Yeah, so back to, um, you know, Porch Gallery. I mean, I don't know that we've ever done a proper exit interview. Mm. I just was like, here's the place where... These regional Los Angeles artists are being shown in Ohio, and there's nothing, nothing like it before or since, and and it's the shame. Has anybody spoke to you about getting some kind of, um, you know, 
taking some of your contacts maybe and making something happen? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, there's some, uh, not directly. Um, you know, I think, you know, for the arts, I think, you know, I think the Carolyn Glasso-Bailey Foundation is really taking, kind of, we yeah. pass the torch, I guess, we'd say. Um, they have, you know, they're bringing in guest curators. They're really trying to up their game. So, you know, and then we've talked about, uh, you know, I think, I think if there, I'm not going to say the porch left a void, but, you know, I think it's just, it, there was, you know, we had consistent exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, there's other people stepping up. I think OSA doing their free tours now has been really great. Really? The museum's upping their game. I think that's awesome, but I don't see the, the you know, the rather some challenging artists and the way that you were putting together in such interesting ways. I'm just, I'd like to see more of that. I think OHA is a place that can handle some more cosmopolitan exposure to some of these abstract and some of these like performance-based artists even. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, uh, the Carolyn Glasser Bailey Foundation, they have a Hugh Steers exhibition right now that's really... A, a, a who? Hugh Steers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an artist who basically documented his passing from AIDS. Oh. And so they're really intense dr- paintings, and um, but they're really like it's you know they're really. They put the pain in paintings. Yes, uh, he, well, yeah, the human and humanity, I guess, also. Um, and then the next show, they're bringing in a guest curator, Tiffany Lundrum, which I think will be very interesting too. So they're really you know starting to branch out. I used to be on their mailing list. I haven't. I've got to get. Get back on now. Yes. I, I'm really noticing what the museum is doing also. They've brought in some younger people uh, who I really admire. And By they, younger, you mean like uh, 55, right? <laughs> no, 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 younger. No, I've, been younger. A, I've been on a museum board a couple of, couple of goes, and I love the museum. Yeah, it's really got lots of potential. I think Wendy, the museum director, has done a great job of integrating it more into the community with those like Friday events, you know, mm-hmm. those kind of weekend around town events. Yeah, which is great. I mean, yeah. I think one of the one of the things I'm um, watching very closely is um, a, a young woman named Jennifer is also involved in that museum. Jennifer Moses, Jennifer Day. Oh, of course, Joel yeah. and Jennifer. Joel and uh, Jennifer, more, more friends of the pod. Yeah, here. they were great. Yeah, no, I, I'm really, um, you know, I know what it takes to do what she's doing over there, and it's, and you know, they both have other jobs, and so I think. They're, they've done a really nice job with um, integrating some interesting programming. I think they have a cool show coming up. The next show is um, uh, people... As we're ta- speaking, the Ojai Mystique show just, just came down. That's right, yeah. So I don't, I don't remember what's next. I'm sure I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, Cassandra, Did you say, Cassandra it, Jones is involved in this show, too. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. It's um, digital art and... Um, she, I mean, they're, the way that they found people, because, you know, Ojai can be very it's insular, too, with the artists. I mean, if you're oh, yeah. an Oso artist, that's one thing. But there are other really good artists in this town that are not part of a, you know, an organized uh, group that um, they were able to find that are doing some interesting work that um, the, I don't think the, that the museum has shown before digital yeah. work um, but yeah I mean that was really fun with um, Cassandra working with her in that show um, JPEG Mountain oh yeah it was one of oh, our yeah, really yeah. fun shows that was, you, you hosted that exhibit yes we did we actually yes. wallpapered one of the rooms and uh, she had all those little motifs that were inspired by some of the wall paintings from Greece 
Yes. Am I remembering that um, right? Yes. They were... Um, like yoga poses. But. Yeah. And the, I forget what the wallpaper was, but it was one of those things where she pr- proposed wallpapering one of the rooms. Say, and I'm sure you're a little touchy about that. I was a little nervous, but we, you know, we kind of like... We did it, and um, which was amazing, because the porch—it's just you know—it's an old building, mm-hmm. so to make it level, old, it might be the oldest standing building. I know, right? Eighteen seventy-four. I think it's the third oldest. What's before that's still standing? I oh, think the Methodist be, Church. The Lavender Inn, I think, and I think there's a building up near Thatcher. Okay, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's the third. I know it's the third because it's always bugged me that we were third. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we got we got a podium, but yeah. it's, you know, um, yeah. So that was you know working with Cassandra on that was really fun. It was one of those kind of an artist proposing something and we just saying yeah let's just try it. Yeah. See how it goes. How yeah. did it go? It was great. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, well, I remember. It was awesome. I mean, it looked great, but I don't know what goes on behind the scenes as far as the, you know, what gets sold and how much. Oh, that was a very successful show. In fact, one of yeah. her, the main piece that everybody just oohed and awed over, she could have sold that multiple times, but that these were... That was the big bear, yeah. yeah. was the big bear. That was... A, she did limited edition, so that was something that could have... Uh, and many pieces sold in that yeah, show. Yeah, my was parents very, are still mad about that. Oh, they wanted because to buy they that. Missed it. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't they just commission her? Yeah, they could. They could. But yeah. they're they're just being difficult. <laughs> now your parents are in medicine, right? Wasn't your dad my a cardiologist? Dad, he was um, research scientist. He did um, rheumatology, immunology research. In Texas? No, I don't. He, he was in Texas. Yes. Um, he he moved around a lot. Um, but he, they spent ten years in Texas. Galveston. Uh, it's amazing, like what sticks in my brain because I couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast. <laughs> well, I'm touched. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's a good background. It seems like you've come a long ways, both of you, from where you started. Now you were living in, I, I want to say, Silver Silver Lake, Eagle Rock, Eagle Rock, yeah, which is even a little bit cooler, right? Isn't that just a little bit more? Oh, that edge? totally has changed. When we yeah. were there, there was just so little out there, and now it's completely changed. But I think, you know, when we moved when to Ohio, 2008? Nine. 2009. 2009. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. our when friends thought we were nuts, and now they all want to move here. Now they, now <laughs> they or they have know. moved here. Yeah. They confirmed they, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Hmm. But, you know, going back to, you know, putting different kinds of people together. I think Ojai, what's one of my favorite things about Ojai is you can get to people very quickly. Like I literally was standing in um, behind Donald Glover at a Rainbow and started up a conversation with him. My, my gym buddy, we work out in the morning. So, I mean, that, I, that happened to me over and over again. Uh, whether there was new people in town, I mean, he's been here for a little while now, but just really interesting people that will take the time to stop and ask you what you're up to or what you're doing or what's what's coming up and uh, it just engenders that because it is an artistic community i mean it's many things this town um, but yeah i think that's one of the things that we found so fascinating is that how quick people were open to ideas and you know chatting with you and coming up with um, yeah. Just like Those interesting projects. Just the positions you're talking about. It's like a super collider. It's like a mm-hmm. particle accelerator. You just smash stuff together at high speeds and see what happens. Well, I have to say that was we took our cue from Guy Webster with that one. He was, you know, he's such a great connector. And so when we started doing mornings coffee on the porch, 
It was Dave like Dave Palmer. Dave Palmer. Oh, no, that's not that is that's a big deal. Yeah, those were those were actually people forget that Dave's. He seems like such a local, but in his world, he's a big shot. Oh my gosh! I remember one Sunday he didn't. He was gonna to for people who don't know, we would serve coffee on Sunday mornings, and Dave Palmer would often come just play the piano for a couple hours. And I remember one Sunday he wasn't there, and because um, I guess he was touring with Heart. That was one of those yeah. moments where I was like, "Wow, we 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 have something here." Those were special moments. Um, but yeah, well, that's when it all started with like, you know, it was such a diverse group that would just sit there for hours, mm-hmm. like, you know, like three, four hours and just talk. Mm-hmm. Like people, people come up to us now and say, what do you miss the most about um, not having that? And I said, the people, the, the conversations, the people, yeah. because it was never just about, I'd say this many times, it was never just about the art on the wall or selling art. It was really about how art can bring people together and how if you if you engender that type of spirit you can start and i introduced so many people to other people that then they went and did something whether it was that's you know a, i know that feeling that's a really yeah great it's just such a great it, i mean i just love that part of it and that happens even now i mean if, because i know these people and if someone's looking for something it could be a landscaper it could be you know a painter to come paint your house i mean there's so many people now that um I've been able to connect with others, and that continues, and I think that always will. I always have that But you won't have the, you know, the facility. I think the, just that design of that building with a big porch and all really fostered that. Oh, oh was, and I think it's location, too. Yeah, it's I mean, like, I mean, we said, like, you know, I always say it was like, you know, the porch was one of my great loves. Sorry, yeah. hon. Sorry, um, hon. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just, it was, it was not... You know, it's just, there's something about the energy too, you know, and, um, and you know, like, you know, people, because it's so old, you know, somewhat, occasionally people would ask if it's haunted. And if I, and I always say, if it is, it's with the best spirits ever. Like it just, there was never any negativity there. It just, I don't know, there's something about a wraparound front porch in the middle of a town that yeah. just. There was the hanging on the staircase though. Do you remember hearing about that? No. No. Oh, and then there was the. You're making this up. Am I? Maybe I'm mistaken locations. No, if I was going to tell that story, I would have told it when you first got it. Yeah, so. Now, how did you meet Guy? Because he was a man about town, a boulevardier. When we moved here, we were working on our kitchen, so we had to kind of go out every morning for coffee. And Guy was the type of person. Coffee if he, roasting company. Yeah, and time. if he, he was the type of person, if he saw you in one place more than twice, he, he had to be your friend. He just couldn't stand that someone was in town that he didn't know. Yeah. And so he called us over to his table, and we just started. You started doing it more often than I did, but we would go down every morning and have coffee with just this random group of people. And then when we had the building, then you know someone came up with the idea that we should buy everyone coffee and serve it <laughs> to them. And so that's when Sundays on the porch came because of Guy. Yeah, he's still he's still working some magic because um, when we sold the building, where what we bought, Guy had a big impact on that um, with our friend who we bought what we live in now. Um, so he he keeps coming back into the picture, and yeah. he told us early on too. He said, "Get connected, get connected in the town, like give 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 to the town," and um, that that just stayed with me. 
in the entire time when we had the opportunities that we that were presented to us. And I, I always talk about this to the young people that have worked for us. I said, you know, hard work is one thing, but also timing and getting involved and finding ways to not just think about what you're doing, but engage other people um, and other organizations in this town, of which there are many. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I, I decided to get into that uh, in multiple ways. And that, I mean, whether it was the schools and doing student shows or there's just so many examples of fundraisers that we did, endless amounts of fundraisers. There's many things we did there that um, the community didn't even know. We were just privately helping somebody out or helping an organization out or you know, starting something or um, germinating something in there. So yeah. it was it was really um, quite creative. What was that uh, E.M. Forster book with the two ladies in London at the end of the book? It was Connect. Um, was Only it Howard, Connect. Was it Howard's End? I don't think it was Howard's End. Um, it wasn't Remains of the Day. No. But in any event, that, you know, I wish I could remember the name of the book, but that is one of the best endings of any book ever. Maybe you can go steal it from the library cart downstairs. If I'm lucky, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good callback, Heather. <laughs> I love a good callback. <laughs> so, Beto Chocolates, I mean, that's a big transition. Tell me how that that even got going. It doesn't. That's another one of those odd juxtapositions I would have never have gone from. Although you can go through the cultural DNA of Ojai with mm -hmm. Beatrice Wood. Yeah. But why chocolate? Um. Well, we've. Uh, it was actually started during the Thomas fire. Um, we were up in Solvang, and you know Is during that the where you're hold hold up. Yeah, so we um and the hotel where we were staying served hot chocolate in the afternoon, and Lisa was drinking hot chocolate and started coming up with this idea like, oh, we we should make and sell chocolate. She was with another friend of ours, Emily Burson, and they were talking about that and and they wanted to do it in the gallery, and I said absolutely not. I was like, we're an art gallery. We're not doing chocolate. We're not going into chocolate production. And then Lisa kind of came up with this roundabout idea of like, well, what if we name it after Beatrice Wood and work with the Beatrice Wood Center? Because, you know, her famous quote that yeah. she owed her longevity to the chocolate art books and young men. So Lisa found the loophole. And um, we were, yeah, so we decided that it was art and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And it was something we were just going to do for fun, like on the side. And it became way too much fun for us. Like, it's just, I mean, working with her archives has just been such a treat. I bet, yeah. So Kevin Wallace at the Beatrice Wood Center has all the, everything, right? Isn't everything. The, and we The comprehensive collection. Yes, and we've um, we worked out an agreement with them where they've given us all the licensing rights. Yeah. Um, to make, you know, for the chocolates. And um, yeah, so it just, you know, it seems kind of like, out there, but it's it is based, you know, and honoring one of the most uh, famous artists from yeah, Ohio. I've been at it for six, seven, eight years now, right? Um, we started in 2018. So, yes. um, I can't, and just, just to clarify, six when, years, I wanted to just clarify something they didn't just give us the licensing rights, we pay for those rights. Yes, yeah. it's very important that you yeah. have to negotiate that and you have to be, you know, really honoring all of um, yeah. what, what she's about and what that mm -hmm. institution is about. So the, it's, I, I consider it a win-win because not only do they get licensing fees from us, but we are keeping her legacy going in many ways. And yeah, as we expa be expand, mutually beneficial. oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. And it's you know, um, it's also just fun to kind of bring her energy back. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do a great job up there, and so, but it's you know, the 
there's, you know, it's with a fixed location, there's something you can do with a product. You can get it really, really yeah, out there, extended. more so than you can with just a brick and mortar. Yeah. Oh, we've done, we've shipped to all over the world, we've shipped our chocolate. Yeah. We've, our chocolate has been in, remember when Emily was in South Korea? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, we have we have a couple wholesale accounts in um, in Sweden. Sweden, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? So the, you're shipping product there regularly? Yeah. So it's. Um, Do they move it? Does it like? How, would anybody there even understand uh, Beatrice Wood? I think they react to even if you don't understand Beatrice. The I th- whimsicalness of yes the, of the molds and the design and the you know the packaging for the chocolate bars. It's you know it's all based on her artwork and her yeah. kind of cheekiness. And so I think that's what people respond to if they're not responding to the artist, you know, specifically. Yeah. I love her story because she never made any money until she was like well into her 80s. Yeah. So I still have hope. Yeah. She, um, <laughs> well, she kept at it, you know, and yeah. um, that's what we, you know, we've been, you know, there's so much talk about like centurions now and, you know, and people and like aging gracefully mm-hmm. and blue zones. Yeah. And, and, you know, she was like, she was the original, original blue zone. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she was. The one show we, or one of the shows we did with her, were a set of drawings or hand-colored etchings from the Bed Stories portfolio, and she created that portfolio when she was ninety-four. Yes, so, right up to the very end. Yeah, so you know, and um, which is you know, and they're they're great pieces. It's, you know, it's. Um, I do think that creativity and longevity are are they are they run parallel. Oh, I agree, and I you think know, the he, only famous person to come from my hometown was George Abbott. Who, George Abbott Way was a big Broadway impresario. He started as an actor. He started building sets, and then he was an actor and playwright. And he was 107 years old when he died, and he finished the redraft of a Pajama Game was his play. He wrote that play back in the 40s or something. Did a rewrite for a revival, and then just that you just le- just let go that's the way to go i have to say yeah. it um you know if you find something you love you can just keep doing it yeah yeah so we yeah we started very small in the building and just with a few products and then as covid came along um and not having people being able to come in to um, visit us and to yeah. see the art in person we, you know, in behind, very slowly, methodically started back uh, making in more chocolates and more bars and more just going into the archives and coming up with really interesting ingredients that relate to the artwork uh, because the artwork drives everything. So Heather's been writing a story right now that's on our website called Beto Beat, which is the actual how we started this company. And there's so many twists and turns with it. And every week, uh, you know, a new segment comes out and um you know a lot of this is actually how two people come at something that are very different thinking and mm. thinkers and um, are you talking uh, about yourself yes very <laughs> different and <laughs> how and how we managed um through some really tough times and and also how to grow a business in destruction and and yeah. um in chaos and so uh, you know it's it, it is a to us it's a story that's not just about chocolate and Beatrice Wood, it's about how to grow a business when you face serious adversity and how to keep going and how to keep um, staying creative. I think I said that to a lot of artists when they would come in the gallery um, when we first shut down with the fire. And I said, you know, just go go see each other. Stay stay in touch with each other. Don't just connect. Just connect. Exactly. Um, 
it's you, you can go down the rabbit hole so easily of depression and it's um, you know it's we're all going through this together so that's one of the good we're things we're all alone together yeah mm-hmm. yeah it really is I wonder what the cultural memory of the I mean it's amazing how quickly we forget but I wonder what will be the collective cultural memory of the pandemic of COVID What's that going to look like? I feel bad for these kids. I was about to say, I think... I think that's where it's going to be felt the most. I agree. I think, um, you know, for us, it was, you know, obviously there was like, you know, the business part of it. And then there was like, you know, the social part of it. But but I think the kids, I think that it's such a... Imagine losing two years of your high school. Especially maybe if you're a more introverted or withdrawn kid to begin with. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's like... I can't imagine i think it's going i think we're going to be feeling the effects for a long time you know i read something the other day because i listen to a lot of things now but the the best cure for loneliness is to go help somebody else Mm -hmm. to go volunteer to go sit to go sit with an older person service and you can find it in so many different ways in this town especially there's so many organizations that would love to have um your um, volunteer time and you know you can give as little or as much as you want but you know I was thinking of um, something I'm, I've been involved with since the beginning was the women's fund and there's just there's so many things I, I didn't know about outside the art world that I became aware of yeah, that we started giving money to the those, grants you know. um, and so yeah there's just so much there's so many areas that you can get involved in and, and even if you're, you're you like horses or you like Animals, um, and it's not a person. You can volunteer. There's lots of help um, that's needed here. So, just getting out of your own your own way often is is um, incredibly helpful. And I found that to be so true. Like in your worst times, just get out and try to do something for somebody else. It's it's very powerful. Don't sit around and brood. Don't sit yes. around. I'm a brooder. <laughs> <laughs> I really just get into these ruminations that you can't barely pull myself out of. It's tough, man. Like, sometimes I just want to take a bunch of drugs and shut it down. <laughs> this is taking a dark turn. <laughs> but one of the fun things I do, oh, you know, just little things, like with the uh, Ojai Film Society, which basically ended in 2014 when the theater got flooded. Mm-hmm. You know, we do those Sunday screenings. I know that you guys have been to those. Those were always great fun. It was like the perfect amount of social interaction because you'd be given tickets or whatever. Got to do a little math, you know, keep mm-hmm. your brain straight somebody gives you a fifty dollar bill no there's three seniors and two kids but it was just great to just kind of touch base with everyone on a weekly basis like that but we did you know the youth film competition Mm -hmm. and part of it was we got a grant from the rotary it's only 750 bucks and then the way that we leveraged that was incredible because you know we're paying somebody who's an expert with Abbott or what's the other one? Pro Tools for making making films to mm-hmm. work with these kids exponentially more professional and better in the cuts and the fades and everything was just amazing. Like forty films this kid helped with. Not a kid, he was a young man. Un- unbelievable. And there was still like two hundred dollars left over. Oh wow! So we gave, had like fifty bucks for honorariums to have like Bellwood, Peter Bellwood, go in there and tell some tall tales, and and uh, J. B. White about the actual mechanics of getting a script, you know, produced. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like, 750 bucks? We did all that? That was, like, blew me away. I think it's amazing. I, you know, I think that's one of the things that people get caught up on, that it's like, oh, we need the funds. And it's like, yeah, you do, but like you just can... do it, and then the funds will find you. You know, well, I, I... like to think that, but... I actually, I think it's true. I mean, I think, um, you know, especially in regards to the arts, you know, I think it's... You'll be surprised what you can do without, you know, without a lot of money. I know they always have those talks about, you know, the, the cautionary tales about the filmmakers when they do some, like Robert Rodriguez, $6,000 in El Mariachi. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they start throwing lots of money at him and you get Spy Kids too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's a bad film, but it's a long way from El Mariachi. Yeah. Or Darren Aronofsky got a hundred and some million dollars to make Noah or whatever. I think it was called Noah. It was a really good movie, but it wasn't Pie. Yeah. It wasn't The Wrestler. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, uh, was my favorite one, Black Swan. Mm, yes. I love that movie. I think that's one of the more perfect movies ever made. Six million dollars. Yeah. And that was all, you know, Natalie Portman took a year to study ballet and Mila Kunis as well. And, you know, he was fighting. There was a great interview, and I've talked about this before, but he was on Elvis Mitchell, The Treatment. Mm -hmm. I love that that, that show whenever I can catch it. But I thought he was going to talk about his creative vision and how he puts that together and all of the ideas and the inspiration. He talked about money the whole time. Hmm. And, he, you know, he'd made The Wrestler for $2 million. It grossed almost 60. He thought, oh, I'm going to get all kinds of money. People are going to be throwing money at me. You know, he had the incredible hoops he had to jump through for Black Swan, which you're wondering, well, doesn't that, doesn't that stress him out? That that was a beautifully made movie. But he ran out of money. Box, shirt, box Searchlight cut off his funding, or they just said, oh, you know, this isn't working for us. He's halfway through production. He's got two weeks before... He's going to have to shut everything down. He's begging, borrowing everything he could possibly do. And he found a group of Texan, tech, in Texas, he found a poker group that were interested in chipping some money in just to say that, yeah, I helped produce this movie. But they made him jump the humiliating hoops. Mm. And it was like, if you look at the end credits of Black Swan, it goes on for like 14 miles of, you know. <laughs> Bozo, my my Staffordshire Terrier, and, and it's like, oh, you put my mistress's name, but here's a way that my my wife won't be able to tell. And they were just like, for for the two million dollars to finish making that movie, he had to abase himself. Yeah. That's Darren Aronofsky. He's one of the best filmmakers we ever had. So yeah, it's a it's a kind of a racket. I mean, I guess it always has been. I mean, it's been a patronage yes. enterprise. So. I don't know. What was I talking about? Oh, I just wanted to mention, because I've met this man multiple times um, when we first uh, he first got to town, David Berger, because there are a whole group of kids here that didn't have the movie theater to go to. Yeah. So I know that's taken a while to get, get up and going, but it's going to be amazing. I mean, what he's doing in there. Yeah, he's got is, the right attitude. He does. Yeah. He does. Oh, yeah, we're and big I'm fans. And I'm so excited. We're big fans. And just some of the things he's done um doing need, the coffee yeah just having a coffee yeah he would do sort of have pinhole coffee come on saturdays mm -hmm. i think since the fire he stopped it but um uh the fire at rory's um and, but he was like having pinhole coffee just you know do a little pop-up yeah do a little, little pop-ups pop and it's yeah. you know and of course that was so close to our hearts because like that's kind of how i feel we started the porch 
and to have someone else kind of realizing how nice it is for the community to have a space where people can have coffee yeah. and talk and you know I guess that would be like a good porch gallery um, evolution or Taking taken over. Yeah, you know, we we would filling like to, that niche. Yeah, I think, and I think he has, as we said, the right attitude. You know, yeah. you know, the music festivals done some pop ups there. They did one oh, that yeah, it was I've like been to a couple concerts did, there, the little performances they did. I think I, you were there. Too. Yeah, did you go to the one where it was like you know they just did um, cafe lights and it was still under construction? Like mm-hmm. I don't even think there's a the, yeah, there's no no uh, drywall or anything. It was just the just the yeah raw space. Know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really special night. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, David, if you're listening, and I know you do, uh, so when I mentioned that you remind me of Wayne Coyne, I hope you understand that's a compliment because <laughs> the Flaming Lips are an awesome band. <laughs> so I know you're a little sensitive about that, but it's all intended <laughs> with the best. All nothing but the best. Yeah. So... Uh, Chocolate, I mean, it seems so far away. I'm still not quite getting it. I mean, what, what, what is the process? How do you manufacture them? Do you, get, do you start with beans? We don't. We are not a bean to bar. Um, so we use a cloverture, and, so, and we flavor it and temper it. You use a what? Cloverture, it's, um, it's an untempered kind of chips of chocolate. Okay, but so, it's already been fermented and whatnot. Yeah, it's, well, it's been made. So w- then we temper it, which is the tempering process is actually very scientific. And we have a chocolatier, Fran Geeler, who does everything for us and um, is in our kitchen. I've never met Fran, but I've heard a lot about her. She does a lot of food photography and stuff, too, right? She does. And uh, she's also an amazing baker. Yeah, she um, does. Um, she actually has her, what she calls hand pies that she sells at, when Pinhole does their pop-ups. Oh, yeah, i got to check that out. Oh, they're good. Um, but, yeah, so she... Um, I mean, it's amazing watching her. So she'll, you know, she, she'll flavor the chocolate, put it in the molds. And what we do, we like to sprinkle, like, the ingredients on the back. Like, for example, Bed Stories is um, it's dark chocolate with dried raspberries. And so she puts the raspberries on the back. And I've watched her. It's like, I mean, it's so meticulous. She's using tweezers sometimes to move the, the, the ingredients around. It's, um, you know, it's... Chocolate's just, I have to say, it's just fun. I mean, when we were selling the gallery, my mom said, you know, oh, Heather, do you want to spend your days making chocolate? And I was like, yeah, yes. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we go in sometimes to, to pitch in when, um, when it gets really busy. And um, we're getting ready to, like, jump to a next major level with a, a major hotel. And uh, so the production's going to really kick in on a massive level and that's I mean we've been wanting this we've been you know seeking this mm-hmm. um, for for a while and you just have to get yourself in the position to do that we do have a commercial space down on Bryant Street and we're close to and next to a lot of other really great locals that um, have built up their businesses I know it's quite a little scene it's a, a scene I, down there yeah I, yeah you want to talk about one of the hidden gems it's just mm-hmm. the creativity that's happening down on Bryant Street it's just really amazing mm-hmm. it's well, like Sanders my neighbor here yeah yeah. We were, we were sharing a kitchen with Zena. him for Zena yeah it's yeah. like this entrepreneurial that mushroom guy rebel yeah, yeah the, rebels like, down there yeah, yeah all this like creativity that's happening down there it's really great um but you know, one thing with the chocolates, which is really fun for us, it's this different level of creativity. Like we'll find, like sometimes we'll be looking at one of Beatrice Wood's, art, a piece of artwork, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of give this challenge to ourselves. Like, all right, if we were gonna turn this into a chocolate bar, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like the, 
the pussy between us. We, we came up with milk chocolate because of cats. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and we didn't have a, a milk chocolate. Yeah, milk, so, so, you know, it's like sometimes it's a leap, but it's like sometimes it's just it's just really fun to kind of play that game. Well, that seems to be the theme with you guys is making unexpected connections. Oh, well, thank you. That's, I think it was a compliment. Yeah. Well, most of them. <laughs> I'm not going to. 85% compliment. All right. I'm no, gonna, I'm I'll take it. <laughs> No, really, that's the whole heart of creative of artistry, isn't it? To mm-hmm. make connections. Yeah. yeah, and it makes it fun. It's just, it's playful. Yeah. And I think that's kind of who she was, too. She was a very playful person. So to take this, develop this product around that personality has been really exciting for us. Nice. Well, we were late to it, too. We were late to a lot of how she lived her life and her eccentricity. I mean, we sort of Did you ever are like meet that. Because I've got here just. No, after she yeah, got same. We just her missed. About six months or something. Oh, that's all? Oh. Yeah, we missed oh, her. 1999. I got here in 2000. Yeah. Our chocolatier actually got to meet her just a few months before she died. This is a great story. She was um, living in, our chocolatier was, living in New York, and uh, was a photographer. And Travel and Leisure hired her, sent her, flew her from New York to Ojai to photograph Beatrice Wood. Oh, wow. And so she had these great photo, photos. And then Fran ended up liking Ojai so much, she ended up moving here because of that. Nice. And then we just kind of connected with her and kind of, and asked her to be our chocolatier. And that's when the story came out that she actually, the reason she's in Ojai is because of Beatrice. And now she's making chocolate yeah, based around Beatrice. Circle. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's the kind of stuff that happens in Ojai. Oh, yeah. Frequently. Oh, 100%. It's pure serendipity, but I think this, you set things in motion and then they come together. I agree. It's just well, the energy here. Here's another example. So we often work with corporate groups um, from all over the world coming into the Ojai Valley Inn, and they'll call us up and want our, our chocolate as you know a, a welcome gift or a part of a flowers and chocolate and honey and you know things that are. Do you do any manufacturing over there, like on site? No, we have our own facility on. Uh, no, I mean, Ryan is Street. there any way you can do like a little uh, craft craft shop type of situation? For the people at the end during their conferences or convention, oh, I'm asking because they have they used to do that when Janice was the general manager many many years ago, where they would bring in the chef with their cookbook, like the lady that brought in a big chocolate pot and mm-hmm. broke it down and told us how everything comes together. And they get and you get some of the chocolate afterwards, not from that being, but the whole you know she give us a, oh wow it was like. Really quite impressive. I just love that sort of thing. So here's what we did that was an evolution based on working with a number of groups over the years there that are coming in. We pitched this idea of an art history lesson through chocolate. So it became, through our um, creative ways to approach this, a half-hour talk. So we take you from the beginning of the movement, which she was a part of, the Dada movement, and give you a little history of that movement through chocolate. And the entire half-hour, you're tasting different chocolates, and we're taking you through the timetable of the Dada movement and then uh, Beto moving to Ojai. And how it all intersects and connects. And so as they're tasting it throughout this talk, we loved it because they're engaging us, they're asking us questions. Mm-hmm. We bring in um, the not just the art history part, but how we work with the farmers and how some of these ingredients are sourced locally and how we came up with the idea of the artwork or what the artwork means to us. 
And so we take you from the beginning of the movement, which is early 1900s, and then her connection through that early stages of the Dada movement, and then then we move you into her Ojai time period. So people just really related to that as opposed to, okay, let's just show you how we make chocolate or how we do the chocolate. So that's our that's our our creativity around this is to how, how do we tie it this all together stories. into a story stories into a talk story is mm-hmm. the connective tissue and so from that we've gotten many requests for that talk and so we're not just going over there or dropping off chocolate anymore we're going over there and um, mm-hmm. presenting this whole idea of what um, and the Dada movement's so interesting because it inspired other movements. It's a very oh, creative wow. movement. Um, it's eccentric. It's a lot of things that mm-hmm. she embodied. It's contrary so. to everything else going on yes. in that era. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, there was a great book about Marcel Duchamp. And it was about Marcel Duchamp and then the gentleman whose name I'm forgetting and Beatrice Wood. Roche. Uh, of them. Yeah. Roche. Yeah. Did you see the book came out like two uh, years ago? What was ago it? Um, something. something so, Marcel, what was it? We had that Marcel book. and me, or uh, no. yes, uh, I don't remember. That yeah, it's um, but it was really fascinating because Beatrice Wood was the. It wasn't just that she was part of the script; she was the inspiration for all of the absurdity that went into Da Da. Oh, one hundred percent. Like it was her. That's what you know when you talk about that. You know, it's. I think her later life was a different level of creativity, but I think her just existence, her socialization, like the way she would move through the world and the people mm-hmm. she interacted with, that was her own piece of artwork. That was the, one of the takeaways from the book was that her life was her greatest work of art. Yeah, that's what Kevin Wallace all, often says. Mm-hmm. It was, um, yeah, it was, she's, a, as I said, a fascinating woman. Yeah, really, and I think and that, well, she had she, she her connection to. I mean, she not just was an artist and um, really came into her own later in life, which is very inspiring to me as someone in my sixties now. But she surrounded well, herself with you. really interesting people. I mean, you know, not, she had this other side that was a very spiritual side too. Mm-hmm. The whole Christian Murdy connection. Yeah, that's why yeah. she came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, there's a great quote that we have on our website that Anias Nin um, talked about her her vessels. It's a beautiful quote. So from Anais Nin yes. about Beatrice. Wood. Yes, they yeah, were, they they were, were good friends. friends. I love her. I love Anais Nin. Yeah, it's you know again, it's one of those things where she was just reading about her life. It's so inspirational. So it's kind of like having this North Star that's guiding us and and doing it playfully with chocolate. It's been so yeah. much fun. Yeah. So that's that's the other really great thing is um, having had these experiences, whether it's small groups. I mean, we've done things at Fire Stick Pottery, and then we've done things at the end, and we've done since you know, post um, gallery. So we're able to keep it going in a sometimes small ways and sometimes bigger ways at big events at the end down you know by the farmhouse we've done some major things there but we also post um i thought this was really fun heather hated me for asking for this but post gallery i said we should get a golf cart so we can do local deliveries and not just deliver it in a car that's kind of boring why don't we get a golf cart and golf carts are you know very i've seen a, a bunch of them in ohio so now we you know we have a customized um for Beto. and when i show up with them and deliver them it's people are so happy it's like it's like getting a bundle of flowers it just makes people happy yeah. um to I see like us the pull ice up cream truck yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly it's like the, and i grew up with, i grew up with the ice cream truck in my neighborhood so i just remember like he would have this little beep and come into the neighborhood and it just it just That's takes where me we back bought our pot from the 
Ice cream. <laughs> he did? Yeah. That was I'm our theory. The when, yeah, when, when we lived in LA, I was like, the ice cream truck would pull up. And I was like, there's not kids running out there. <laughs> no. Well, no, there's a lot of uh, adults with uh, hungry looks on their face. <laughs> yeah, I think when I saw you by Revel, um, which uh, is right below you, I was in a cart one of those times. Uh, That's right. Yeah. Very adorable. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. So, but you have to have fun with it. I mean, it is a very joyful type of a business that um, you can I- integrate a lot of fun elements to it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that's taken a, a patron from Beto. She oh, had yeah. a lot of fun. She, I mean, she took her work seriously. She was very diligent, and I think she was very um, uh, well into her hundreds. Was working. Yeah, she was very oh, yeah. yeah, she was very serious about her yeah. work. But she's still like, you know. We'd be complete jerks if we're like have a chocolate company and we can't have fun with it. That's like, uh, but did you see Willy Wonka? Um, well, the new one with Timothy Chalamet. Well, we're actually we're doing a staff a retreat. Yeah, what do you call it? <laughs> <laughs> go and, go, and go see the movie <laughs> yeah. and then go to eat. Yeah, that's fun movie. I really wasn't expecting to like it. I only saw it. My son was visiting. We wanted to go see uh, Napoleon. And we missed it, so we went to see Willy Wonka and had a great time. Yeah. It's one of those films that's impossible to hate. Yeah. it's. I know that because I really tried. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things I wanted to mention, too, is we talk a lot about the art and, um, you know, what's in the chocolate. But I've... Uh, so many people say this at the end when they're talking to us. They they say, "But is the chocolate good?" And it actually really is. It's all. Yeah. It's oh, very. Um, we tasted that. so much chocolate before we created our own line, and it it was very important for us. It, it I didn't want it to be like just a gimmick, but the chocolate was terrible. No, the chocolate's it's sourced um, very ethically. It's fair trade. It's oh yeah. You know, we th- we put a lot into um, well, what goes into it. Fran's perfectionist, like so. Nothing gets out of the kitchen that isn't perfect. Mm, that's good. Yeah. 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 We're working on some um, some new products right now that ha- everything's organic. And all the chocolate products. It's yes. a, it's a wellness line, so yes. it's more activated ingredients. Mm. But still very good. Yeah. Because that's important. Yeah, and that and that just came because we're listening to what people are asking for. You know, there are mm-hmm. there are many things out there that um, you know that you can go down different roads with. But uh, when people enough people start saying, "Hey, can you do this?" or "I would like to see this," enough people ask, then we, we experiment with it. We t- we put it out there, let people taste it, see you know see what kind of feedback we're getting, and then if it sticks enough for uh, enough of us, then then we'll move on to another another product or another add another um, bar to the line. But yeah, that we're excited about this new group that's going to be coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you have an outside salesperson that picks up orders like a jobber, they used to call No, I, I'm actually that person, but this I mean, is one thing like I wanted Whole to mention. These this, is such, this is such an interesting um, d- uh, update. So Sanders, actually, from Sanders & Son, came up with this idea of um, an Ojai Provisions, where he would take a number of us um, Ojai small businesses that, that aren't competing against one another Two locations like Los Angeles and the Central oh, Coast. Yeah. Instead of us, yeah, and instead like of us individually doing this, mm-hmm. we would do it as a collective. And I, I thought for that was distribution, a, yeah. yeah, for uh, distribution. So we could have a whole Ojai shelf. Yeah, actually, I think Xena's going to be part of it. Um, you know, Sanders and Sons. Rebel. Yeah. yeah, there's and a number. Um, there's a mushroom company. Yeah. yeah. So it's um, yeah. So what's actually again? It's this community working together to. F- kind of figure out a creative way to solve this problem. Yeah. 
We're well, also Ohio on a, is a brand. It yeah, is. It sure well, is. Yeah, we're aware. It has well, been for a while. Yeah. One of the outlets that we're on, too, besides having a website that we ship all the time based on uh, off of our website, but we're on these business-to-business platforms that um, that are very uh, many, many, many across the country, uh, small lifestyle stores and gift shops uh, are on. And so they find us on this platform and we ship all over the country because of being on that platform. So we find all of these different outlets um, that just don't rely on, you know, tourists coming into town. But like you mentioned to me earlier, there's so many people coming to Ojai now and post gallery, we have our chocolate in six or seven locations. So it's easy to find us. And then I still get phone calls and people asking, you know, where are you guys now? And so I'm able to tell them, you can pick it up here, here, here. Yeah. Very easy around Ohio yeah. And then we um, did deliver in town. Yeah. And then we do deliveries, yeah. you know. So we don't, it hasn't really been that much of a, a, an issue or a problem for us um, not having the, the store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what do you miss about being gallerous? There's got to be some parts of it that just feel like a void. Oh, I think um, the feeling when you first install a show it's yeah, like just the hushed expectancy yeah and it's you know it's there's such a build-up you know um at one point you know we were like you know we were planning shows a year out so we would do a studio visit and then there's like this anticipation doing the press release and then the art's delivered and it's just it's wrapped and you know it does it and even when you take it out of the wrapping it's like there's that feeling but then when it's installed and you start moving physically through the space just that first time of doing that it's just I, you yeah, know it's I magic every show has its own energy yeah and it's like and that's what's so fun it was like it changed all the time and it's just but there's just something about having a body of work in a space and you know the porch is such a beautiful space mm-hmm. it was just that was that was the magic for me yeah the location was so key for yeah. me for me it was about um putting people together that you wouldn't necessarily see um, that would go well together and experimenting with that. And sometimes it worked so beautifully. Sometimes it wasn't as uh, as successful, but I never measured it uh, um, from a financial aspect first. I measured it, what, what it felt like when I was engaging with people in the building. And those conversations then would lead to other things and other um, ideas down the road. So there, there's a lot of ways to measure when you're in the art, the art world every day to measure what, what, is, what you feel is a successful experience. And so post-show, still being able to have conversations around art and what artists are doing and where, where, they're, where they're showing and what they're working on and what they're um, with their, you know, what, a body of work that might be new that they're considering. And those conversations just, you can have those every day with different kinds of um, input. And, and it's, it's like, that's the thing that's so beautiful about art is like, it's, it's a lifelong journey. It's like a writer, like mm-hmm. they're always working on some idea and, or trying to figure out some problem. And that's what's so interesting about it to me is that um, it's it's this consistent way to think about uh, your your daily life. That's not just the, the dregs of you know f- the things we have to do. It's, yeah, the routines. It's, it's the, the routines mundane. that it's that's that's kind of the mundane stuff Although we all have to do. There's art in that too. There yeah. can be. Yeah. The more specific something is, the more mm. it applies to everyone. Yeah. That I've really found enlightening. Oh, I, I don't know if I told you, but I was just walking around my office or something, and this 
Korean girl, didn't speak hardly any English. She was taking paintings out of the back seat of her car, and I was helping her. And she was, you know, I finally figured out she was heading over to Porch Gallery to see if she could get a show. Oh, and I was no. like, oh my God, you come all the way up from LA. This, you know, she's only here for like a few months or something, and she heads up to Ojai to go to. I don't think you actually exhibited any of her work, but she did these kind of. What was that guy from Sports Illustrated uh, that did those sort of impressionistic paintings? Hmm. Um, Newman or God, I'm terrible. He was famous, uh, Roy Roy Newman or something like that. But it looked like those is very dynamic kind of horse and horse series. Do you know? Do you remember? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm sure that happens quite a few, quite often. People just randomly show up with their, oh, I'd love to get a show here. Yeah, it, it, it's always hard when that happens, usually. It's, yeah, you got to disappoint people. Well, yeah, then we try and um, we discourage people from just walking in with artwork. Well, one, so. one of the things that I know, and I was always, um, you know, I, I was always the soft glove around this, and Heather comes from the art world and, and, and knows you know, how the to way to, how to not, how to not just, you know, come upon a gallery and ask to see the, you know, the owners, because, you know, ultimately what you're trying to do is when you are in, in your current show, you're very hyper-focused on that. And we used to plan so far in advance. So when someone walks in, we know nothing about their work. They haven't sent us any information. They don't even know if what we show aligns with what they're doing. So there is a protocol to it. If, oh, yeah. if you really like submitting articles to a magazine. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You want them to know what who they're doing and what the audience is and what, what you know, is a typical type of coverage and stuff. But I just thought that was cool that you guys were on that circuit of L.A. galleries that people would feel it worthwhile to drive you know, an hour and a half out of the city to come up here and, like, well, you know. Is, that is cool. It is cool. It's very flattering. It's, um, you know, but we, you know, I think... I think we stretched, in some of these shows, we stretched a lot because Heather always um, would say, these guys are never going to show with us. Remember Fallen Fruit? Yeah. <laughs> these and guys were just darlings in, in what they were um, at the time. And we, yeah. Heather was like, there's no way they're going to show up in Ojai. And I called one of the guys up, sat on the phone with him for quite a while. And we ended up doing this amazing show with them. Yeah. Um, well, you know, because first of all, I was like, how are you going to get in touch with them? Lisa's like, I'm just going to call them. Mm. And so she called him and sat on the phone with him for over an hour. And he actually later said that's the reason he exhibited with us. He said, if you're going to willing to take the time to talk to me for an hour and be interested in my work mm -hmm. and my life for an hour, you deserve something back. And um, yeah, that was one. That was the first show we did. Wow, the very first show, yeah, two thousand twelve or something, or um, thirteen, I believe. Maybe it was two thousand twelve because we weren't even the ga Porch Gallery at that yeah. time. Um, oh. That was a art fair we did. Remember? That's right. Was there any yeah. white whales that you didn't quite get? Any your Moby Dicks? Did you have any? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, I'm biting my tongue to not make a dick joke. Um, but uh, <laughs> I uh, set you up. No, knock it down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we worked with a lot of dicks. Um, so uh, no, it's. Um, I'm trying to think. Did we? Well, you know, I, I think of it as in a different. I'm thinking about this in a different context. 
you, you kind of have to know, in, in the art world, uh, and the lot, there's a lot of non-transparency in it, and that's why people complain about it. But you can come at it in so many ways. You can say, I want to be a small gallery in a small town. You can say, I want to be the regional gallery. You, you, want, you can say, I want to be a gallery where I go to all the art fairs and I spent a ton of money going to, um, to to become an A-list gallery and what that means and what that entails. And any one of those levels you can be in. And so you just have to kind of find your lane. So when you ask like, is there any A-listers? Um, I mean, I think there's A-list artists in this town that we've oh, uh, worked with. Gary Lang, Gary Ruth Pastine, Russell yeah, Crotty, Ross all of these Crotty's. folks. Just, you know, fantastic artists. We've had an opportunity to sell their work, show their work. Um, but Gary's a perfect example. We never showed his work, but we've we placed his work. And so those relationships that we built up um, were very important to us. And they, they, they introduced uh, introduce us to L.A. people. And then that, you know, that, that's how you get into it, is that you start, you know, really getting um, yourself down there and start going to things and start, you know, Talking to talking to art writers. I mean that that was a huge thing for us when Shana started coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a huge art writer in the LA art scene. And do the critics still have the same influence they used to? It seems like everything's changed. I think they it's changed. They don't have the gatekeepers the way that they yeah. Used to. I think so too. I mean, um, the best art critics are cheerleaders, aren't they? They find somebody that's they really champion. Yes, they do, and I think. Um, you know, obviously, it's always nice to be written up, but I think, um, yeah, I don't. I think it's just like, you know, just the way media is now. I don't think there's like but that balance of power. No, it's. Really but uh, the thing I love about art writers, though, I mean, just any good writer, is they put things in context. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. They really, you really learn something um, with a good art writer, and I think Shana. Shannon Nees Dambro is one of those people. She's been in it for a very long time. She's written for many publications. She is the um, she's the editor of the LA Weekly, but lots of publications that she's been to. And she's out there. She's seeing the shows. She's connecting with the artists. She goes to all the regional um, events. She works incredibly hard um, to put it in context for all, for all of us. And. Yeah, she, she, she became she, a very good. She friend. became a very good champion of what we were doing, and um, gave us some great. You know, she's the one that said, "Why aren't you guys open on Sundays?" You know, you've got you're right next to this great yeah. farmers market. Lots yeah. of people walking down, and yeah, she sat out there one morning on a Sunday. It's like, yeah, this was early, early on too. So, yeah, yeah and then you know when uh, what's fun is when you become friends, and then you they come up, you know, her and her boyfriend come up and stay with us now, and we go out to eat and. So the dialogue continues, you know. So that's what's you ever fun. See yourself about it. getting back in the game. Mm, you know, I'm not going to say never, but for the time being, we're kind of happy where we are. Well, I think what Heather and I uh, be, really learned is, it, the more you focus on something, the more uh, um, effort you give to us, which is what we're doing with the chocolate right now. The gallery, we we had things thrown at us that we had to pivot. You know, we had to to deal with a, fi- a major fire, where no one was coming into town, and figure out how to stay creative in that and make money. Had to, I mean, we're we are a for profit business over there. So uh, when then the chocolate came along, that was another way um, that was be, a side hustle becomes now the main yeah. focus. But you you end up. You know, when you get scattered with your gallery, and then we had a shop in there, and then we had the chocolate. It, it becomes a lot. It's a lot to take on, and even with help, yeah, it yeah. just it burns up it burn, bandwidth when you got to shift from one. Yes. when you got to put on a different hat and do this other stuff. I, well, I know that. Yeah, and you know, the, one of the things too was living 
and working in the same building. Yeah, it um, sounds like an idyllic to me. It, but you'd you think know, so. It, I think um, there was a loss of privacy. Yeah, boundaries. Was, yeah, yeah, and um, at first it didn't matter, but you know, five years later, it. it I think that's what part of the reason. Toll. Yeah. Yeah. It takes its toll. Yeah. Yeah. So. But we have no. Literally, we are very blessed in every way. Oh um, God! We could not. I think we could not um, say enough about our experience there and the, the how purchase, it continues. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm so incredibly proud of what we did at the porch. Well, we had the gallery for ten years. We yeah. just we just owned it for five, and that was the other thing. Our experience there, and this is why we engendered so many people coming in all times of day and night. Is we were working on the building too. We were. You know, adding things to it that were really interesting, like a secret bookcase and redoing kitchens and redoing bathrooms and, you know, just uh, keeping that building. Painting um, it. You know, painting the whole outside, which took months and months and months. So people really, you know, they saw that we were passionate about the building, too. It wasn't just the businesses in there, but the building itself it needed a lot of um, TLC. So that that was really fun. And taking people on that journey was really fun. Um, fun for you. I can't stand up repairs and home and painting <laughs> and doing that stuff. It, it has its moments, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But. So um, what's, you know, the future of art in Ohio? You're probably better positioned to speak to that than anyone else I know. I actually, I you know, I, 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 Wish I had the answer. It's um. I mean, I I see people as we said. I think um, David Berger with the, with the theater. I think that's going to be a cultural hub. I really do think so. I think it's um. New hotel going up. It's going to bring in a different crowd. Maybe yeah. more affluent even. Yeah. It's um. But you know, Ohio will always be the Ohio. You know, yeah. as we said, you know, the foundations doing stuff. The museums changing. It's Osa. Yeah, I think there's um, you know, I think. Oh, Ohio, there's still there's still a lot of surprises here, and um, I just wish we had more galleries. We're down to zero. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have to. But you know that can change too. I mean, I think as I said, Ohio, it's uh, one of the thing we love about it. It surprises you. And I think you know it's a town because it is so has a rich art history. Is people are there will be somebody that steps up. It's uh, it's I harder hope now. Listening right now, get yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. <laughs> People will get behind you that you don't even know. Oh yeah. Oh well, that was a you know another thing that we loved. Of another special part of the gallery, and artists commented on this all the time, at the openings, how engaged the community was. Like people loved talking to the artists that came in, and they said, you know, this is so different. It's like when I have you know, they, a lot of them say like when they have, you know, shows in say L.A. or different cities that people show up at the openings and they don't really engage with the artists mm -hmm. like people would come in and just were like so just hungry to hear about the artists and talk to the artists yeah. that it was that was another great thing so yeah who's ever out there and wants to start a gallery people here yeah come see uh, Heather and Lisa they'll, yeah. they'll try to warn you off uh, <laughs> the, the other place I do want to mention because we didn't get a chance to talk about this because I think they're doing amazing residencies is Taft Gardens Oh yeah. Oh, so it's yeah, a little on the outskirts of Ojai, but yeah. what they're doing is up there. Still is coordinating. I think so. I think she is. Jade Whitman. Yeah. And Jade Whitman. Yeah. I think they're doing some great yeah, we stuff have a up story there. Coming up, uh, not this issue, but the next about their, um, you know, John Taft's 90th. But it's a you know retrospective which shows still to this day they're 
fresh and relevant. Yeah, I think I'm. Yeah, so I think as I said, there's you know there's energy out there. There's energy going places. Yeah, I mean it's um and you know and it'll something else will come. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a good place to close it out. Well, yeah. thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming. It's been a great discussion. Brett Bradigan, just thinking out loud. Ooh, what a conversation. I really enjoy my chats with Heather and Lisa. It's basically just the kind of informal conversations we have, except this one was recorded. I often use them as a... Uh, object lesson in how people should approach Ojai when they first get here. They didn't come in with a big banner full of everything they were going to do and making sure we knew how awesome they were and what a bunch of idiots we were, which I'm sorry uh, to say is not a very uncommon reaction with some of our newcomers. Instead, they asked questions, they showed up for events, they figured out where they could help, they came here with a open mind, open heart, asking all the right questions to see how they could help. And then Porch Gallery provided a social hub more than just a gallery space. Those Sunday mornings and formal get-togethers, you got great pianist like your keyboardist like Dave Palmer, jamming, farmer's market going on next door, people coming and going. It was a scene. It was a very sweet down-home scene in a beautiful valley surrounded by beautiful art. There's nothing to replace it. It's missed. It's a, a deficit in our social life. Not just the social space, but the gallery space as well. There was a lot of interesting things going on here. You could see two worlds coming together and interesting things coming out of it, the combinations and juxtapositions that they put together were very interesting. I hope somebody out there is thinking of doing much the same thing. If they are, let me know. I'm happy to help. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Ojai Talk of the Town. We'll keep an ear out for you.